Amen. Hebrews chapter 8 today. Today I'll be taking a moment and be looking at what is an old covenant in the Word and how God has renewed it and what it means for the church today. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 6. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry and as much as he is also mediator of a better covenant which was established on better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. But finding a fault with them, he says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt because they did not continue in my covenant and I disregarded them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. None of them shall teach this, teach his neighbor and none his brother saying, know the Lord for all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful upon their unrighteousness and their sin and their lawless deeds and I will remember no more. In that he says a new covenant he has made the first obsolete. Now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. In one verse in Romans 8 verse 1 it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Let us pray this morning. Lord, we give you the honor. We give you the praise today. God, we just thank you for your presence and for your glory. Lord, I pray right now, Lord, that we just lay everything aside, every hindrance, Lord. If our phones are interrupting, turn off your phone right now. If your calendar's interrupting you, flip the page today. Lord, we're not going to let anything hinder what you want to do today in this house. Lord, so we lay everything down, and I pray that this word falls upon the hearts and the lives of people who are ready to receive. And may it become like fire in the bones of this church. It's in your name we pray. And the church said amen. Amen and amen. This last verse that I read say that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is none, zero, none at all. And this morning, I want to take a moment and I want to teach a little bit today. And I want us to understand as we look at the Jewish calendar today, coming up uh, on October the 5th this week, is what is called a Yom Kippur. And I want to take a moment this morning and look back at the old covenant and what that means this verse was talking about and give thanks this morning for what God is doing in a new covenant for us today. Yom Kippur means the day of atonement. And this day always falls 10 days after Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah happened last Sunday at the, um, into Monday. It's the Jewish New Year. And it is always a time, uh, those days during that and those days leading up to Yom Kippur, it's always a time of self-reflecting. It's a time when you're looking on your inner being and you're examining yourself and you're seeking forgiveness and you're seeking repentance. And Yom Kippur was the one day of the year that the priest would go behind the veil. No one could go there except for the high priest. He would go into the presence of the Lord and he would go carrying blood and he would be praying for his nation and for 
his people. He would be praying, covering their sins with the blood of an animal. And in the life of a Jewish person, the most important day of the year, it was not their birthday, it was not their anniversary, but it was always Yom Kippur. It was the day of atonement. It was the day when they felt the burden of their sin being covered and lifted. There was so much that was riding on that day. It was the most important day also for the priest. It was a very serious day for them. The high priest's duties were so great for that day. Can you imagine carrying the weight of every person's sin in this room. Can you imagine carrying the weight of every person's sin in the nation? That was what was on that high priest's shoulders that day. It was a probably a very stressful day for him and his duties were so intense and meticulous and precision was required for that day. The process of preparation for the high priest began and he would literally separate himself from his everyday activities even his physical and psychologically, uh, he would he would separate himself. And for seven days, he lived inside of the temple. He would not leave the temple for seven days. He would stay in there, and he's reading, and he's studying, and he's practicing all of these rituals for seven days. It was imperative that he got everything right. It was imperative that he got all the rituals right. It was imperative that he got the blood right. It was imperative that he got all the words right. Listen, we are living in a day and a time when those who call themselves Christians, we must get it right. Amen. For those who minister the word, we must get it right. For those who serve the Lord, we are living in a day when our faith is under a mind microscope and we we don't have to be perfect but we've got to get this thing right amen those who bear his name we've got to get it right because we are becoming so engrafted into the world that we can no longer tell christianity from christianity i said we can no longer tell christianity from christianity and so many people are christians but not every christian is a christian Living like Jesus, following him, abandoning everything and going hard after their faith. We are living in a time when we must get it right. Pastors, we've got to get it right. Worshipers, we've got to get it right. Men and women of God who bear his name, we have got to get it right. Amen. And for seven days, the priest, he was trying to get it right. He was rehearsing because there was such a weight that was upon his shoulders. But I want you to understand this, that while the high priest is preparing and getting ready for this very special day and he's getting the sacraments ready and he's getting everything while he is preparing there is another person uh, there is another priest that is waiting in the wings he is literally waiting in the wing and he is preparing himself and he's doing the same rituals and he's studying the same techniques that the high priest is studying inside of the temple I want you to get this today uh, he was doing 
doing that because if the high priest were to get sick or he could not complete the task, there was somebody that could do it for him. There was somebody there who knew how to carry it out. And I want you to understand this. I want the church to get this today, that if you will not take what God has for you, there is someone that is waiting to receive it on your behalf. If you do not want, if you don't want to do what God has called you to, he will raise somebody else up that will do it. Amen. If God has a plan for a move, if you say no, he will find somebody who can make the move happen. If God wants something to raise up, if you say no, Lord, that's just not, that's just not me. He will raise somebody up that can move it. Amen. If you, you got to understand this. If you do not want to do what God has called you to, he will raise somebody else up to do what he has called you to do. If you don't, if you don't want the breakthrough, somebody will take the breakthrough. If you don't want to take revival, somebody else will take revival. If you don't want the spirit to be poured out on you, he will find a church that wants the spirit poured out upon them. If you don't want to take the victory, he will find somebody that wants the victory. I don't know about you, but I'm at the place where I'm like, God, whatever you want, whatever you have for me, Lord, I don't want to miss it. God, whatever you have for my house, whatever you have for my church, Lord, here I am. Pour it out on me, oh God. Lord, here I am. I'm in a position to receive it. Anybody there with me this morning? Yom Kippur literally means the day of atonement. Atonement means to pardon, to cleanse, to, to reconcile with God and your neighbors. I thought that was so important because I want you to understand that, 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 that if you are in right standing with God, you should be in right standing with your neighbors. It's hard to be warring with your neighbor and be in tune with the Lord. You don't have to agree with them. You don't have to accept everything that's happening in their life. But atonement means that you are also in good standing with your neighbor. The enemy is doing an amazing job at not only dividing a nation, not only dividing the world, but he's doing a great job at dividing believers. I said, he is dividing believers. You need to make it right with your neighbor because there is a revival that God has in store for the church. I said, there is a revival that God has in store for the church. And whenever you look at the history of America and great movements of the Lord. So many of those Azusa Street began with a repentant heart, making it right with each other, making it right with the Lord. The, 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 the move of God in Pensacola, Brownsville, it began with people on their knees saying, Lord, I'm so sorry. Lord, I'm so sorry for what I've made it. God, I'm so sorry for putting you on the back burner. Lord, I want more of you. And they were and they were making it right between them and the Lord and them and their neighbor. Because guess what? There is a revival that God is trying to send to a church, but a divided church cannot receive his spirit. A divided church cannot receive everything that he has for them. It's going to fall on the church. It's not going to fall on a white church. It's not going to fall on a black church. It's not going to fall on an Asian church. It's not going to fall on a, a, a Hispanic 
Hispanic church. No, I said it's going to fall on the church. People of every generation and every tribe that have been washed in the blood of the Lamb, they are the church. It's time for us to be reconciled. See, on Yom Kippur, the priest would literally go behind the veil and he would take his blood. I'm going to use this as the blood today. He would literally take his blood, the, the blood of an animal, and he would walk into the Holy of Holies. And the word said that he would sprinkle it on the mercy seat. He was, he was praying for mercy. He was praying for his people. And what would happen is that he would go in and it was like, here is, let's just say this uh, is symbolic of your sin today. He would literally walk in and he would cover up your sin with the blood of a lamb. Every year he would come and he would go. Yom Kippur, he would come and he would cover up your sin. Next year he would come back and guess what he would do? He would come back and he would sprinkle the blood. He would cover up your sins for you. Next year, the, the same year, he just kept coming back and covering up and covering up. See, the problem with the old covenant is that he would cover it, but the sin was still there. The blood of an earthly lamb would cover it, but it could not remove it. And I want to preach to somebody this morning because I believe there's a lot of people that are listening today, watching this morning, in this room this morning, that you have some stuff in your life that you keep covering up with earthly blood. You, you come in and you... And you you cover it up. You, 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 you try so much stuff. You have hurt from a family member, something that happened when you were seven, eight years old, and you've been covering up for generations. You walk around like everything's okay, but guess what? You've not dealt with it yet. You keep covering it up, and that's why, that's why your relationships are falling. That's why so much is going wrong in your life because, because you've covered it up, but you've not allowed the blood of the new lamb to remove it from your life. You keep covering it. Things that happened with your family, things that happened in church, you're mad at something happened to you. And what do you do? You're covering it up with an earthly blood. What does that mean? You've medicated it. You've tried to smoke it away. You've tried to snort it away. You've tried to drink beer. You, you, you've, tried to, you've tried to get drunk. You've tried to, you tried to cover it up. You've tried to relationship it away. You've tried to sleep it away. Oh, you've covered it. You've swept it under a rug, but you've only covered it with something of the earth and things of this earth guess what those things are not sufficient for you I said things of this earth are not sufficient for you it could cover it for a moment but it could not erase the sin but aren't you so thankful this morning that some 2,000 years ago, there was another high priest that came to the earth. He was a spotless lamb. And John looked up and saw him walking on the scene. And he said, behold, it's the lamb of God that what? Takes away the sin of the world. He doesn't just cover it. He said, he takes it 
away. He don't just cover it. He said, behold, it's the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He doesn't. He what? Takes it away. He takes it away. He takes it away. Aren't you so glad this morning that the God of the universe sent his high priest son to take it away from your life. In other words, the old covenant, when those lambs died, the, the sin was still there. But you should shout this morning that you are a part of a new covenant and for 2,000 years the blood still has the power. And when Jesus said it is finished on the cross, he put blood on your sins and he did not cover it up, but he took it away from your life. He took it away from your children he took it away from generations. Aren't you glad that your sin isn't just covered, but your sin has been canceled and it's been removed from your life this morning? The old covenant was good for the times, but today we are operating, the word says, in a new covenant or we have the opportunity to operate in it. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 12 said, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. And the word, the word in the Greek for remembering no more, that phrase, it means to commit or choose to forget. To refuse to remind yourself. Have you ever met somebody who has like, Selective memory. And they always deselect you. I know some of those people. You text them, they don't text you back. You need to know something, they, you don't go to them. Choosing to forget. It's amazing to me that the God of the universe, who is all Knowing, omniscient, omniscience, all science, knowledge, all knowledge, all knowing. Isn't it amazing that someone like God who knows everything, it's like he's saying, I know what you did. I know when you did it. I know who you did it with. I know where you did it. And although I know all of these things, but all, although, although I'm all-knowing, when you came into the kingdom and you confessed and you believed with your mouth and your heart and you are washed in the blood of the lamb, this new lamb, and the old covenant, guess what? You would have just been covered up. But now, now that you are in the kingdom, I will not only cover you, I will choose to forgive get that thing I just covered up and will never remind you of it again. If it's under his blood, he will not remind you of it. Everybody else may talk about it. He said, but I choose to forget it. A lot of you can't even walk into a family reunion Thanksgiving. Somebody's like, oh gosh, here she comes. People will remember your faults. Some of you, you can't even go back to your high school reunion. That's a nervous giggle. Because you were so crazy and so wild. And you don't want to see all your ex-boyfriends and your girlfriends. Because you were just crazy. 
People remember stuff like that. But isn't it amazing that an all-knowing God, when you come into covenant with him, he chooses to forget it. Everybody else would, I don't know about you this morning, but some of you all should be so excited today, this morning, that, 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 that guess what? That if you have taken that thing to the Lord and it is under the new covenant of his blood, he has chosen to forget it and he will never remind you of it again. Look at this. The word for remember is also linked to another Greek word, which is masayalme. Get this, the meaning of this word means to like punish yourself in your mind when something is remembered. Anybody ever done that? You remembered something that you did. It was 10 years ago. And every once in a while it comes in your mind and you just sit there and punish yourself. The word means to chew on or to gnaw at. It just gnaws on you. It chews on you. It just, it, you, you, you cannot stop thinking about it. And as those memories come to mind, it just literally sets and just chews on you and gnaws on you. See, some of you cannot move on because something or someone keeps reminding you of something from your past. And you sit there all day and instead of meditating on his word and instead of meditating on his precepts, what do you do? You spend your day and your nights meditating on where you went wrong and you feel like I'm not good enough to do that I can't do anything else and you keep back and you keep hashing it out over listen if you have taken that thing to Jesus Christ and it is under the blood and the blood has been applied that thing is gone from your life and if you can't let it go and it keeps gnawing at you if it's chewing at your mind and your daily productivity that that, my friend, is when you know it's Satan in your ear. Say, how do I know when it's conviction or Satan? This is how. If you have already taken it to the Lord and you keep thinking about it, that's Satan. Now listen, if there's something in your life that you've not put under the blood of the new lamb, that, my friend, is conviction. And it's the Spirit speaking to you saying, you need to get that under the blood. You got to get that under the blood. And you have to remind Satan every day that you've been redeemed and that you've been reconciled by the blood of the one true lamb. Amen. Romans 8, 1 says this, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. The root word uh, for condemnation is condemn. Condemn means to sentence, to receive a verdict, sentence to punishment. If you don't watch it, you will place yourself under a verdict that has been dismissed. You will put a sentence on your entire household. You, that's, that's, that, 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 that right there is how generational curses begin. When you can't let that thing go that God has already pulled away from you. And it just keeps on feeding throughout generations. It keeps on going. The Bible says that there is now no condemnation. Now. Say now with me. Come on, say it again. Now. now. 
Not tomorrow, but now. Not next year, but now. Not, 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 not when I get around this curve or whenever, when, whenever this season's over. He said, but right now, there is no condemnation for those who are in this new covenant right now. So that means that right now, you need to praise him like the chain has been broken. Right now, you need to thank him like it's been lifted. Right now, you need to pray like you know he's listening. Right now, you got to worship and tell the devil, leave me alone right now. I want you to say this out loud. If it's, say this, if it's under the blood, God is not using anything from my past to determine my now or my future. Say it again. If it's under the blood, God is not using anything from my past to determine my now or my future. Some of y'all should get up and shout at that right now. You should thank the Lord. You should thank the Lord that he's holding nothing over your head. Some family members won't even talk to you because what you did 10 years ago and you've asked for forgiveness. But the Lord said, I will withhold nothing from you because of what you did in the past if you've gotten it under the blood. I read this, and I, I want you to take note of this. It says, it's time to show your then to the Lord's now. I know I fell back then, but you should see the Lord using me now. I know I sinned back then, but you should see what he's doing for me now. Right now, I know I failed him then, but guess what? Right now, that blood still has the same power as it did on the cross. I know I've been through a lot of stuff, but right now, I am forgiven. Right now, I am redeemed. Right now, I'm stronger than I was back then. And he remembers it no more, Satan. Every time you start to recall it, you tell Satan, no, I'm not going there today. There's sometimes I get phone calls, texts, stuff. I'm like, I ain't going there today. I'll go there tomorrow with you, but today I'm living in victory. So the next time you text me and I don't answer, <laughs> I wasn't talking about you. Psalm 107.2 says this, Psalm 107 verse 2 says this, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Ben, help me out. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. What does that mean? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I want you to get this in your spirit and in your mind today. You are not condemned, but you have been redeemed. You've been redeemed. So when the devil tries to recall your past, when the devil comes whispering in your ear and say, you know what, I know, I know you're trying to start that ministry, but if I were you, I wouldn't do it because you wait till they find out what you did. You ain't, you, you know, no, no, you ain't worth that. You can't do that. You're not worthy of it. Whenever, whenever a door opens for you, the devil will always come and start whispering in your ear. Whenever opportunity is open for you, the devil will always come whisper in your ear. I have never been, I have never seen a breakthrough where I did not have resistance. That's why it's called a breakthrough because you broke through what the devil was holding you in. You broke 
out, you broke through, and God did something for you. I have never, I've never had a victory that was easy. If it was easy, it wouldn't be called a victory. I've never, no. So when the devil comes at you and starts saying, they're going to find you out. You don't know what you've built. No, you wait till they find out who you really are. You wait till they find out how many times you've been married. You just wait. That's whenever you look at him and say, so? Let the redeemed of the Lord say, so? I remember what you did last week, so? I remember what you did in 2005. So? I remember what you did in 1989. Ooh, in those hot 90s, you were out there. Woo! So? You've been divorced. So? You had an abortion. So? God, everybody knows you. Everybody knows you are a liar. You, everybody knows that you were a player back in the day. So? The redeemed of the Lord that are in this new covenant and those things that are under the blood, you got to learn to stand upon your feet and say, so? I don't care what you say about me. So? You can judge my worship all you want to. So? I am redeemed. I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. I don't care what you you say about me. I'm going places with the Lord. Come on, get upon your feet with me this 